Welcome to FHSU Tilt Talk, a podcast about educational technologies, teaching and learning, scholarly research and service, hosted by Teaching Innovation and Learning Tech. Welcome to Tilt Talk. In today's episode, we're excited to introduce the newly established Generative AI Task Force, inaugurated in fall 2023. Joining me are some key members of the task force and our esteemed guest, Provost Arnstarf, whose visionary support was instrumental in forming this initiative. We'll start with introductions, provide an overview of the task force and its various subcommittees, and then dive into a dynamic Q&A. Let's begin with Provost Ornstorf leading our- Hello everyone, I'm Jill Arnsdorf, and I currently serve at Fort Hayes State University as the Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Cheryl Duffy. I am- a professor in the Department of English, and I'm also the director of writing across the curriculum at Fort Hayes. And I am on the AI task force and the subcommittee for education of that task force. Anas Horani, a faculty member in the computer science department, and also I'm a member of the task force, AI task force. Hello, everyone. I'm Gary Anderson. I'm in the Advanced Education Department, and I am the coordinator of the Transition to Teaching program, and glad to be here. Hi, I'm Claire Nickerson. I'm the Learning Initiatives and Open Educational Resources Librarian at Forsyth Library. I led the team that developed our Generative AI Library Guide, and I'm the facilitator for the Policy Subcommittee of the Task Force. And I'm Magdalene Moy, Instructional Technologist at Teaching Innovations and Learning Technologies and the chair of our Generative AI Task Force. Our task force was divided into three subcommittees. One of the Generative AI um, subcommittees is focused on policy, one on education and outreach, and the last one was focused on researching future careers. Claire, would you give us a brief overview of the AI policy subcommittee scope and its projects that you're currently working on? Sure. The policy subcommittee was charged with assessing the potential benefits and risks of generative AI, developing a comprehensive policy for its implementation at FHSU, and ensuring that the university's faculty and staff are prepared to use AI in their teaching and learning initiatives. We've been working to assess policies at other institutions, and what we've found thus far is that most institutions don't have policies yet, but at those that do, we found four types of documents. We found research policies, academic integrity policies, computing security guidance, and guidance from the library. So this spring, we'll be holding some listening sessions to learn what FHSU stakeholders want in a generative AI policy. Uh, and then we'll be drafting some policies over the summer uh, and holding some additional feedback sessions for those draft policies in the fall. Anis, would you like to give us a brief overview of the Education and Outreach Subcommittee? Sure. So the Education and Outreach Subcommittee, we are aiming to integrate the AI in the uh, education landscape and uh, uh, like having a new programs targeting or integrating the AIs in these programs. And also like uh, one of the main points is reaching out to the community and trying to help our community to integrating AI in their businesses or in their uh, work. Perfect. 
And our last subcommittee is focused on research and future careers. Um, and one of the things we're doing with that is, as many of you may have already taken our AI survey, um, we'll be doing a longitudinal study of students, staff, and faculty perspectives at FHSU over a three-year period to kind of see how perspectives and attitudes are changing um, as generative AI is being adopted more readily into FHSU community and um, just all around. So thank you for that introduction on our subcommittees and where we're at right now with our generative AI task force. I wanna ask Jill some questions to kind of introduce what the vision was for creating the generative AI task force since this was an initiative that you um, supported and allowed us to create. So Jill, could you share with us the primary motivations behind establishing the Generative AI Task Force at FHSU? Sure, thanks for the question, Magdalene. And first of all, thanks to all of you for joining in this podcast and, and joining me in the conversation today. Um, I, 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 you're giving me too much credit. <laughs> Uh, th this was an idea born out of um, multiple people who had been meeting about AI and, and work groups that had been uh, organically created um, that over the summer, the, the last summer, and um, uh, good work that was happening across the campus already during break um, to to talk about AI and how it was going to impact higher education and specifically how it was going to impact Fort Hayes State University faculty, students, uh, staff, and how we how we prepare students um, to be responsible users, as well as faculty and staff, responsible users of AI, but also prepared to use the tools and technology in a, in a really smart um, and authentic and um, ethical way. Uh, and so that group, those groups were meeting and uh, it became clear to me uh, and to others at the institution that we were going to need more of a university-wide, uh, more of a formal structure for the university to make progress on some policies, um, on some, some outreach opportunities and uh, some, some education and research opportunities that might come as a result of um, generative AI. And so a, a group of folks came together over the summer, and then out of that emerged this idea of um, a generative AI task force at the university level, not to su certainly supersede any of the great work that had already begun um, organically at the institution, but to really help formalize and um, respond to some of the greater demands that were 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 um, that I was feeling about policy generation and about um, resource allocation and proper education um, and research opportunities for, for folks in this area. So um, Magdalene, you were one of those people that were involved. I think Cheryl, you were, you were I, don't, I shouldn't name names because I'm gonna leave someone out, but there were multiple people involved in um, sparking this idea. Um, and so um, a charge was created collaboratively uh, with, with many folks. And that charge um, for that think tank proposal uh, is is quite uh, comprehensive. Um, I don't know if that's something that um, those listening to the podcast have had an opportunity to read, but it's quite comprehensive. And I'm so grateful for the work that the group has already begun uh, 
um, and is going to continue to just engage in conversations and policy development and education uh, throughout the semester. Yeah, I think we're very excited about the work that we're doing and have a lot of different agenda items um, to address going forward. Where do you envision FHSU's role in education on AI with a larger community beyond FHSU? Well, about a month ago, I don't know that I would have been able to answer that question very, uh, very completely. <laughs> but, but, but I am. I want to brag a little bit about Fort Hayes. Um, I think I have a right to do that, and and I hope all of you will, will will join me in celebrating that we are the first of the six regents institutions that's really formalizing um, this work around AI for the institution. Last December, uh, I took uh, an idea of a kind of a, a system think tank or conversation, a system conversation. Uh, to meetings that I attend uh, in Topeka. And um, it was clear that we were certainly ahead of our peers uh, in terms of organizing around this work at our institution. And so um, we, we, I think we have the opportunity to be a visionary in the state of Kansas and in our, in our um, Midwest region uh, to really help drive the conversation, um, to use our unique position as a historic teaching college uh, to use our um, unique situation in Northwest Kansas and our, our regional reach out of that to really be um, a, a front runner, a, a leader in this work, not only in the state, but in the in the greater region. So I'm so proud that Fort Hayes is out front being innovative and thoughtful uh, about um, addressing AI from a policy standpoint, but also um, thinking about how do we best prepare our students uh, for their future careers in multiple aspects of the institution and the workforce and their communities. Thank you for that answer. Do you have any questions for us that we can um, maybe address for the larger, anyone who's listening who might have questions about our generative AI task force? Sure. So one of the questions that I'd just be curious to hear from each of you is, is what attracted you to uh, this this work? What, what, what was the, the motivation for you to say, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to join this work um, and make a difference at Fort Hayes as part of the AI task force? And I'd like for each of you just to briefly share to share an answer to that. I'll jump in. This is Cheryl. Uh, I would say my main interest come, stems from my work with writing across the curriculum. I know that AI and writing is huge and getting larger, and it's it's going to be a, an issue that we need to explore how to uh, how to capitalize on the affordances that are are available through AI, but also how to face uh, some of the challenges and work with faculty on that. So I really wanted us to be kind of at the at the forefront in in helping faculty help students navigate AI in, in fruitful ways. This is Claire. I think as a librarian, generative AI provides a new way for people to engage with and, and receive information. And in the library, of course, we're very concerned with information literacy of students, but also faculty and staff. And we've, you know, already had people reaching out via our Ask a Librarian live chat saying, 
hey, I received this information from AI about this source, you know, can you help me find it? And we have to say, oh, no, sorry, AI was hallucinating, that source doesn't exist. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, we're still very early in generative AI. We're still on the first upward slope of the hype cycle where awareness is, is growing, but expectations are also growing. And we need to familiarize students, staff, and faculty with the technology because it's brand new and there's not a lot of guidance yet. Uh, this is Gary. Uh, I'm in the field of education and have a fairly long career in preparing teachers. Um, and I got to say, I haven't felt this intrigued about something in technology since probably about 1992 when I saw the first web browser and I saw saw and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to change the world. <laughs> and I didn't have any clear picture of how, but I could see some things. And I felt that same way last year when I first started playing around with chat GTP. And I could immediately see, okay, this is powerful stuff. It's going to only get more powerful. And I need to be a part of how we harness this for good in the field of education, how we improve teaching um, and I can see a whole lot of application of uh, of it that we can talk about uh, later. But it, it's just really intriguing to me. And I think we need to get on top of it. My interest actually comes from my specialty. I am uh, working on uh, artificial intelligence. This is my like uh, main like uh, research interest. And I, I thought like I will help and contribute to the task force and like, uh, uh, especially like in the research purposes and like also uh, I thought I will help to bridge the gap between the academia and the uh, uh, evolving job market. I think from my perspective, we're still feeling some pains left over from the COVID pandemic. And I think I see some parallels between not being prepared for something that you know, higher ed really needs to be prepared for. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to, um, pretending like it's not happening isn't going to fix the problem. And I kind of feel very similarly with generative AI. Um, as a very pro-tech person myself, I'm definitely, I love, <laughs> I love using ChatGPT, but I also hear the fears coming from faculty um, some fear coming from students to not wanting to, you know, cheat or whatever it might be. Um, and so I, I feel like it's really important for, for me in my position until to look at how do we prepare all, you know, all stakeholders at Fortes to be ready for something that's going to become part of their daily life one way or another, whether it's through Snapchat or like, you know, social media, um, but also hopefully in the classroom as well. Yeah, thanks for sharing those perspectives. You know, I it's just fascinating to think about, you know, each of you are, are really coming at this work from different angles. Um, that maybe the interest is, is a little bit different, but you're, you're collaborating and coalescing around helping us better understand, but also helping the people that we serve better understand how to use um, the technology 
uh, and and advance whatever they might be doing using that. So just fascinating to hear your perspectives, whether that be information literacy writing, your discipline expertise and research interests, the, the way that education is changing, and then um, maybe to your point, Magdalene, the responsibility that you feel in your role to um, advance technology, but but understand those fears that that people have around something so new like generative AI. So thanks for thanks for sharing that perspective. Um, one of the other questions that, and, and I know you've you've really just started your work at the university, uh, and um, are just uh, probably a little behind just generative AI in general <laughs> uh, because it's still new. Um, but what have you seen as challenges moving forward so far uh, with some of these initiatives that you're working on as a task force? Uh, and um, what, what do you see as some challenges you've already faced, um, knowing that you know, you're, you're representing just five people's voices on, on the, the task force? But what challenges and then how have you, have you worked through some of those challenges already? And I, anyone can answer that. We don't have to necessarily go around the whole group. So many, many people will find AI complex. And actually our mission involved breaking it down into simpler and small terms to build the awareness and encourage like more participation. This is one of the like challenges we... I think another challenge just from my perspective is that a challenge of will students misuse AI in ways that aren't ethical? And a lot of faculty have, have are concerned about that, have seen a bit of it. And so I really see uh, this, this task force and all the elements that uh, feed into it, addressing that challenge. You know, we have the AI Institute coming up. Uh, we also have an AI and writing uh, mini conference that we're, uh, collaborating with uh, the provost and tilt and writing across the curriculum coming together to do just to give faculty the tools for you know how do you how do you guide students in using it ethically and how do you design writing projects that capitalize on AI but but also not encourage I want to say force. <laughs> for students to use their own minds, right? To use their critical thinking and develop their writing skills with AI. And I think that we're we're moving in that, that direction, but it is an entirely new direction for us. I'm teaching this semester. And so as I was working on my syllabus at the beginning of, of January, and um, I had some conversations with my home program about what, what do we, what, how do we talk about this in the classroom? I, I faced some of those those fears and challenges as well because I was standing in front of students that's trying to articulate what 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 is acceptable and and what isn't and and I found that even challenging. So I'm thankful to hear that that the that I'm not the only one feeling that way, but that the the work of the group is certainly going to help us advance um, some suggestions around that. So Claire, go ahead. What were you going to share? I was just going to say. You know, Max Lynn talked about how there's a lot of fear around generative AI, and Cheryl was talking about the concerns um, about plagiarism and academic integrity. But I feel like, you know, one of the challenges is also to get people excited and feeling positive about the potential 
of generative AI. You know, we're probably going to be expecting students once they graduate to know how to use generative AI in the workplace in the same way that they're currently expected to be able to use other basic technical tools like email and phones and as Gary mentioned, internet browsers. Um, and, and for faculty and staff, you know, generative AI is a really valuable time-saving tool that can help with lesson planning and creating course materials and research writing. So I think, yes, we wanna be concerned about ethical usage, but I think we should also be trying to get people thinking about how use of generative AI can really improve academic life. I'll kind of piggyback on that. I think um, that we have a challenge in keeping, we, we have to move forward as a whole community. And, you know, I can speak to some ideas for generative AI in education, but I, I don't know other fields and everybody's grappling with how it's used. Um, in one of my classes, we, dis we have a discussion about what they're seeing in K-12 school institutions with regard to AI, its use or misuse and what they're doing, what their, their ideas I think we have a challenge in keeping this whole community in sync with the rapid development of AI, its ever-changing capabilities, and they will get better, and also our stakeholders' needs. For example, there's the world is rich with examples of technology that hasn't been real popular with stakeholders. So you can go to a automatic retail checkout stand and see that in action. Or as I experience phone, automatic phone answering systems. And <clears throat> we're gonna have such systems um, in our future. And they're gonna pro proliferate more and more. And we need to keep in touch at the same time with where everybody's at, the needs of our customers, which are our students and our whole uh, stakeholder group and they're going to need to be educated. They also inform us. So I think keeping that whole movement in sync is a big challenge. I also wanted to briefly, um, listening to what Claire said, I think one of our main challenges is to be creative about how we can use this, this emerging tool. Um, something that I won't spend a lot of time talking about, but I've heard other um, really uh, interesting people talk about is how this might work towards social emotional learning um, with, you know, does a student population feel more comfortable talking about um, challenges that they're going through through an AI versus a, a person? You know, have we kind of created this um, entanglement of, of tools and, and human interactions um, that might, might become more important in the future um, and so I think that being creative in the ways that this tool can be used um, is a challenge that I think this task force is tasked with. Now, thanks for sharing those perspectives. Um, Magdalene, do you want me to throw it back to you to, to uh, ask some concluding, concluding questions? Sure. Um, I thought it would be nice if we all shared our vision um, briefly, obviously, on how generative AI will shape the future of our university at FHSU over the next five years, what you all think about that. It's hard to hard to answer. This is Gary, but um, 
and I don't know if I can speak for the whole university, so I'll just take my area of the world, which is education. And I, I kind of think in my vision of what could happen in five years, there's going to be a marriage between virtual reality uh, simulations and generative AI so that, for example, in education, it may be possible in the very near future to place a student in a virtual environment where they're teaching a classroom that's virtual, that's not necessarily real human beings, little, you know, students are simulated. And um, so I kind of see VR and generative AI merging. And right now we're using it for creating assessments, for rubrics, for uh, creating plans for teaching and learning. Um, but I think simulations and case studies are going to really prol proliferate. My vision for the next five years that AI will play an important and transformative role in our university, enhancing educational experiences and aiding research endeavors. Uh, I I expect like seeing applications in like uh, personalized education, creative uh, content generation, or like maybe optimizing and administrative processes. Uh, uh, AI will also I think like contribute significantly to the research aiding the faculty and students by like for example aiding in data analysis or like generating hypotheses. And last point I want to mention is I, I expect like our university will remain at the forefront of educational advances. I think that within the next five years, we're going to really get a handle on ways that generative AI can help students and, and faculty, help anyone who writes, know how to use generative AI in pre-writing, you know, whether it's research or generating interview questions or organizing thoughts or uh, brainstorming, and then the actual drafting and revising and editing. I really think we're going to be developing lots of ways that we just naturally turn to AI for support in all of those levels of the writing process. And I also think we're going to get a sense of what AI can do in terms of writing and what it can't do. And, and we will we will shift our, our teaching of writing somewhat to, uh, to lean toward, okay, use AI for these kinds of writing, but when you need to do this other kind of writing, you're gonna have to draw on your own, um, your own abilities. And, um, and so I, I think we'll, we'll get a, a better sense of, of what that looks like over the next five years. When I started at FHSU eight years ago as an open education librarian, you know, a lot of universities didn't have open education initiatives. And now almost all universities have open education initiatives. And so I see something similar happening with generative AI where right now, you know, it's new and it's innovative and it's exciting and it's scary, but in five years, I feel like it will become more mainstream. People will be more comfortable with it. There will be more, you know, specific tools beyond just a chat bot, as, as Gary was suggesting, that integrate generative AI. And people will just be very comfortable 
using it for some of those creative tasks, creating course materials, creating PowerPoints, uh, doing writing tasks like Cheryl was suggesting. My vision over the next five years would really include reaching beyond um, our campus, our online uh, students, and being a resource for the larger community. I'd love to see um, us putting on workshops for students in K-12 settings, educating, you know, uh, K-12 teachers of how to use it effectively and efficiently in their classrooms as well. So I really would love to see over the next five years as we figure out how we want to use it um, within our university, how we can help be a model um, and hopefully a, a resource for um, the greater education community. I, I just to kind of hear all of your conversations and think about um, the seat that I'm in right now. I, I see us because we are a front runner. I see us as kind of like to your point, Magdalene, as being able to impact not only our university um, but the the the, the greater good um, in terms of our state and our region uh, through our early work in this. And so that's exciting uh, to me. Uh, I also think this is going to be. Um, such an interesting, scary, and exciting way that teaching and learning will will evolve over the next few years. Five was was the question, and for all the reasons that you just indicated, uh, as as each of you were sharing your perspectives. So, um, I want us to continue to to be thoughtful uh, and to be innovative um, and to. Um, help people along um, that that uh, might might need that um, and really thank you all uh, for your engagement in this work and uh, look forward to maybe a podcast in three or four years where we say wow let's look back and talk about where we've where we've come and what we've learned along the way that sounds like a good five-year plan as well <laughs> well that concludes our talk uh, today I, I want to Thank you all for listening in and a special thanks to Jill for joining us today and her continued support for our AI task force. Um, I hope we see you at our next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of FHSU Tilt Talk. Subscribe on Spotify, Amazon, and check us out on the Tiger Learn blog or the Tilt social media pages for updates. We'll see you next time.